what then should we do? Each one of us could probably tell about a time in our life when that was our question. What then should we do? I do not simply mean deciding what to do for the day or figuring out what is on your to-do list for the week. No. The question is an existential question, one that strikes the very core of your being. Sometimes it comes to us in many shapes and sizes and different forms and ways. Sometimes we realize something about our lives is off, or we recognize a hard truth about ourselves and know that we need to make a change. We recognize a particular behavior or pattern of how we think, act, see, and relate to ourselves, to others, to the world, and to God. And that particular pattern is not life-giving. Then again, maybe we find ourselves stuck doing the same thing over and over and over again. Acknowledging that nothing seems to change. There is no movement or growth in your life. Perhaps for the first time we acknowledge the reality of an addiction. Or maybe we have lived for too long with a deep sense of unhappiness and restlessness. And we find ourselves asking the question, what do I do now? Other times, whether or not we want them or are ready, life brings us changes. The loss of a loved one, the end of a relationship, a shattered dream, the betrayal of a friend. All your children grow up and move out. All these moments leave us asking, what do I do now? Regardless of how it comes about, the question brings us always to a crossroads. It is a place of discernment and decision, and ultimately a place of repentance. We must begin looking for a new direction for our life. We must not only do things differently, but we must be different. But how? How are we to be different? What then should we do? That question is asked three times in today's gospel lesson by the crowds, by the tax collectors, and the soldiers. If last week's gospel was a call to repentance, this week's gospel is a call to action. Repentance requires action. It must become a lived reality every day. The word of God always, always, always seeks a response from us. And that is exactly what John the Baptist demands of those who come to him. And he knows that real change, transformation, does not begin with the world around us. No, real change, transformation begins with the world within us. Of course, 
one of the things that often makes change so difficult is fear and our propensity for self-justification. This happens in a lot of different ways. We blame others. We list how hard we have worked and what we deserve. We claim place and position by virtue of our length of time, of membership, or the giving of our money. We deny the need for others. We refuse to accept responsibility for ourselves. We play the victim really well. We choose to live as blind persons, as ignorant persons. John understands this about the crowd then and the crowd now. And he expresses his understanding directly and bluntly. You brood of vipers, you son of snakes, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Don't tell me who you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care who your family is. Show me who you are. Show me your repentance. John has challenged them and us to bear fruits worthy of repentance. For with repentance, there always must be action. And so John's words leave us at a crossroads, a crossroads of repentance. Like the crowd then and now, we have heard a new truth in John's preaching, recognizing a need for change, and yet not knowing what to do. It is a legitimate question. Even when we begin to recognize the need for change, the need for a new direction in our lives, oftentimes the whole process can seem so big, so overwhelming, so impossible. <clears throat> Many years ago, early, 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 early in my life in ministry, I sound like I'm 100, don't I? Real early in my life in ministry, shortly after I declared my call to ministry, a dear friend and mentor pointed out to me some really hard truths about my life. And I remember asking him, so what should I do now? And he looked at me and he said simply, do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. That was not the answer that I either understood or necessarily wanted to hear. As our discussion continued, and I realized that he was not telling me to fix my whole life all at once. No, he was only asking me to take the first step in a new direction. What should I do after that, I asked. And he said, the same answer. Go and do the next right thing. And after that, go and do the next right thing again. And unbeknownst to me at the time, that conversation, his words of wisdom, set me 
on a path of repentance. Those small and simple steps, though not necessarily easy, would become life-changing behavior for me. Then and now, to this very moment as I stand before you. And that is exactly what John the Baptist tells the crowd, who ask him, what should we do? He tells the crowd to share their food with those who are hungry. If they have two coats, they should give one away to one who has no coat. It is not hard to figure out. It is the next right thing to do. To the tax collectors, he says, act fairly. Be honest with your dealings with other people. Do not take more than what is owed to you. It is the next right thing to do. To the soldiers, he says, do not abuse your power. Do not manipulate others. Do not create more victims in this world. It is the next right thing to do. He did not tell any of them, not one of them, to be something or someone different. Instead, he called them to be who they are, but to live in a different way. He did not tell the tax collectors to go find an honest living. He asked them to be honest in their tax collecting. He did not tell the soldiers to stop being soldiers, but to be soldiers who respected others and understand the danger of power. He called the crowds to remember that their life is bound to their neighbor's life. And there is no room for indifference, complacency, or miserly giving. Be who you are, but live in a different way. In truth, repentance is never just about you. It is connected to and happens in relationship with God and with your neighbor. Repentance, if lived honestly, always restores, always enhances, and always gives life. Repentance is not about escaping the circumstances of your life. It is not offering you a free pass. Repentance is about engaging the circumstances of your life in a new and different way. God's way. A way that leads us to becoming more human, more imago Dei, in our daily living. So I wonder... What is the next right thing for you in your life? Identify that and you will have discovered a place of repentance, a place of expectation, a place of the good news, and ultimately the place where Christ is coming for you. It is the season of Advent. It is a season of change, of preparation, and repentance. What then should you do? You should go and do the next right thing. Thanks be to God. Amen.